this episode we talk about apps, dogs, surface phone, and Azure got another price cut. This is the Sam's Report. All right, today is February 12th, and this is the Sam's Report. So to kick things off, let's talk about last week. Actually, I was in New York last week with Paul, and everyone kind of went crazy. They said, why is Paul in New York? And I actually met up with Mary Jo, had uh, lunch with her, and, and Paul and I went and had drinks with her. Um, the reason why we were in New York is nothing to get overly excited about. Actually, Andrew was there as well, and I believe he's in the chat. So he had dinner with us. Yeah, he had dinner with us. And so um, nothing to get overly crazy about is actually a mission for Paul and I. Uh, we met up with some other people who work at Blue Whale Web. Uh, Blue Whale Web, for those who don't know, is the holding company of Petri and Throt. And we were doing some planning, strategic planning. We got some really good stuff coming up for Throt, uh, trying to make it a little bit more interactive, get closer connections to Paul and I, um, and, and really just help grow the site. So nothing crazy was going on, but New York is a convenient place to meet. And so that's why Paul and I were there. And <laughs> while we were there, um, I ordered a new computer, I actually ordered it the time before. And this is, you know, spending own money here. This is not a review unit. I am I wanted, I need a new PC. You can't really tell from the podcast, but the Surface Pro 4 is at its absolute max at this very second. Uh, doing a podcast using YouTube Live, local encoding, and streaming it up is very intense. Fortunately, I have it far enough away that you can't hear the fan, but if I look at it now, the CPU usage right now is at 98%. The RAM usage is at uh, 89%, and the fan is just blowing like crazy. It's really maxed out. And to be honest, if I wanted to do a, a podcast with somebody else like Paul, um, it's not really possible using YouTube Live because the Surface Pro 4, for lack of better terms, will just fall over and die. It, it's just not strong enough. So going to get a new machine, fun times, right? So we had the option build or buy, and I kind of went the semi-custom route, and I started to talk about this on Twitter, and I used a company called iBuyPower, and got a pretty good machine sent to me, um, spec'd it out. It was an i5-6600 dual 960GTX uh, NVIDIA CP or graphics cards, whatever. All that good stuff. It shows up, pull it out of the box. It's dead on arrival. And at this point, so I, I've built computers. I, I just didn't have the time and I just needed something to work. And I just wanted, you know, click the parts, have somebody else assemble the, the semi-custom machine, show up and be great. Shows up, dead. So what do I do? I take everything out. At this point in my basement, I have everything scattered about the car, graphics cards um, to the side, the RAM, the hard drives, everything out, but the, the motherboard and the CPU. And at this point, I'm like, why did I even pay someone to do this? And it turned out to be the motherboard was dead. So send it back. And I ordered another machine. Um, same iBuyPower, uh, just because like, for the most part, I had good customer service, although it's been a little dicey since. So Sending it back, they kind of compensated, you know, gave me a nice little coupon here um, for what, like 5% off or anyways. But I figured, you know what, let's just up it. So now I went with an i7-6700K, uh, and totally overkill for my intensive purposes, a dual 970 GTX GPUs. And I paid for overnighting, and I paid for um, next day processing, and all that good stuff. And that was on Tuesday, and the machine is still not here, despite the fact that based on their timelines, it should have been here today. So I had to reassemble the Surface Pro 4, which is a great machine, nothing wrong against it. It's just not a good podcasting machine. And I'm back to right where I started. So 
I'm hoping that it arrives next week and that I can start doing more fun things. For example, like if I want to share my screen right now and I have a 4K display, it, the service before just can't handle it. it. It just, it doesn't work. And so I want to do more fun things on the podcast. I want to have more people on, guests and all that good stuff, but I need a new machine. And I buy power, if any of you are listening, it would be great that I paid the 109 bucks to have it expedited. I actually have that mean it gets expedited. Um, I'm assuming I'm going to have to call them here and try to get some of my money back because that doesn't really mean uh, what it is. Because I wanted my new machine for today, but I don't have it. So there's my small little rant. But anyways, new machine coming, more features coming to Therat. Should be a good time. Should be a really good time. So on to the FUD of the week. Oh my Christ. Um, Forbes Tech. Forbes. This guy on Forbes Tech. I don't even want to name him. This guy wrote ridiculous... Ridiculous garbage is the only way to write the, to describe this process. He wrote up that Windows 10 is spying on your PC because it is looking... Because he was looking at telemetry that somebody else reported on who openly acknowledged that they were an amateur network analyst. Here's the crux of the report. Some guy on Vote, um, which was a Reddit spinoff when Reddit went downhill, started to poke around with what Windows 10 was doing on a clean install. And so he kind of, he started sniffing packets and the guy openly admitted he was an amateur network, like viewer person, whatever the hell you want to call him. And he didn't really know it. All he saw was that, hey, Windows 10 is making a lot of calls back to the mothership. And not even all of them were calls back. He incorrectly identified certain things but let's just be honest here windows 10 has to talk to microsoft how do you think you get windows updates how do you think when you click hey send a bug report how do you think that gets back to microsoft and this guy just kind of said hey you know what looks like windows 10 is spying and some guy at forbes tech doing absolutely no sort of diligence said oh this is great clickbait windows 10 is spying on you it's spying it's sending all your bits and everything to microsoft and they're stealing all your stuff and it is the biggest crock of shit I have ever read. Um, I, it's one of those things you read and you come out dumber having read it. So if you read this report, and it's on Forbes Tech, which Forbes is now a dumpster fire after having been sold um, of quality. They really just go for clicks. It's completely baseless. There's nothing to it of value. And Microsoft tried to get it corrected in... And this guy just spun it. I mean, this guy literally went out and said, you know what, how can I create something that's slightly believable, made up facts, and then run it on a site to get a lot of traffic? And that's how, that's pretty much what it is. Edbot did a tremendous job taking this down. I would expect to see more people kind of combating it, but it is garbage. I am, I can't believe that somebody would write this with a straight face and then not do any research. It's, yeah. That's the way it is. And by the way, this is the same group of people that say, hey, you know what, Windows 10 is spying, ooh, bad, but they want Google Fiber in their house. Let me make something really clear here. Microsoft is not an advertising company. The reason why this whole spying crap came about is because Google started reading your emails and they started doing all this fun, fancy stuff to deliver more targeted ads. I'll leave that up to you, whether or not that's bad. It doesn't really bother me too much that Google does it because I get better experiences out of it. Obviously, there's a limitation on it, but this is where the whole spying thing came up many, many, many years ago. And so people are like, ooh, Windows 10 bad, Android phone, iOS good. They do the same damn thing. I, I can't get over his, I almost named him, but that would be giving him too much credit to personify his name into the ecosystem again. Anyways, it's garbage. Everybody does it. It's anonymized. There's nothing to be worried about here. 
can you can you just imagine like what would happen if something leaked out and somebody hacked Microsoft and they had millions of credit card numbers and when they say oh how did you get those oh you know we were spying and we grabbed them all when people typed them into Edge or Chrome and we can you imagine that would totally ruin Microsoft's business they wouldn't make any money substantial money from selling like advertisements on that it would totally completely destroy their credibility their entire business model if they would do that like it doesn't make sense <sighs> anyways that's the end of that um speaking of good things microsoft finally got their head out of their ass and is actually going to start giving us windows 10 update information they created a dedicated hub now this is something people have been asking for a long time and i don't know why they would not do this from the get-go but hey, we finally have a dedicated hub that every Windows update that comes out that's going to list the addressed items. They're no longer going to be like random bugs fixes and stabilization. They're actually going to list it, which is thank goodness, because if you run an update and you suddenly have a quirk in your system, you can now go to this page and say, hey, look, uh, network Nick card dies when running Battlefield or whatever random scenario. You can now go to this page and actually look for this type of scenario to see, hey, when was this addressed? And maybe if it was the most recent patch, you can now uninstall it and do all that good stuff. So thank you, Microsoft, for finally doing this. This is very necessary considering how rapidly you're pushing out updates and the world that we live in. And I believe, actually, they didn't really announce this too much, but I believe there's actually now a Windows 10 mobile page that you can look at too. I, I think Mary Jo was talking about this, that, hey, they kind of just slipped this one under the radar. But yeah, this is good stuff. It's really good stuff. Thank you, Microsoft. And so now I have some good news, some really, really good news. So Surface Book, right here, use this thing. I was actually using it last night. I was having some couple issues with it. Um, good news, good news. I lost my train of thought there. So I think they're going to fix this sleep bug, and I think they're going to fix it really, really soon. Now, I heard from insider sources that actually February 16th, was the day which is four days from now which is what is that tuesday yeah so don't quote me on that because firmware updates and you know how these things go times can change but i've heard from an insider that 216 is the day that they very well could be shipping the surface bug sleep fix it is coming thank goodness i don't know what all it's going to entail i don't know what kind of caveats will come with it i don't know what's what the deal is but expect Microsoft to explain more about the sleep bug issue and a fix finally you know it's going to be ironic because I'm going to get my new desktop and then these things will be perfect and there we go that'll be my life that's pretty much just the way the cookie crumbles but sleep bug is coming speaking of Windows 10 stuff uh, which I probably should have addressed earlier there's a new preview ring for Windows 10 I'm actually really excited about this so what this is is it's a preview for patches that are coming. So you have your fast ring, you have your slow ring, which are completely new builds, and then you have a preview ring, which are the Windows 10 patches before they are delivered with Patch Tuesday or whatever day um, they decide to deliver this stuff. So this is cool. What this will allow you to do, and it makes a lot of sense. So Microsoft has come under some flack recently because they've pushed out patches that have corrupted installs, um, blue screened. There was a font issue with one patch. So there was somebody, I guarantee an engineer sitting in the room saying, hey, you know what, we have all these people that want to test our stuff. We've had some bad patches. We can get some more telemetry if we create this preview ring. So what do they do? They now have a preview patch ring that you can roll yourself into. 
and get patches before they're rolled out through Patch Tuesday if you want to be that type of a guinea pig. So if you think about it, fast ring, least stable, slow ring, moderately stable, preview ring should be extremely stable, um, but there's a little bit more risk involved. And then there's just the standard um, ring or whatever you want to call it, just the, the deployment ring. So if that's your kind of bag of tea, then I would actually recommend trying it out. I think I'm going to put my production machine into the preview um, patch ring, not in the slower fast ring because I need this thing stable uh, 24 hours a day. And yeah, I think that's a really good move by Microsoft. They're going to get more telemetry. They're going to get it before they push out the patches. So it should result in, if you're in the stable or the you know consumer ring, a much better experience. It's a pretty good idea. I don't know why it took them so long. Maybe they didn't have the bandwidth to actually do this. Bandwidth, not like physical bandwidth, but like bandwidth and human capacity uh, to do this type of stuff. So there's that. Uh, question actually for everybody out there. Has anybody gotten a Surface Hub yet? I'm, I'm waiting to see like the internet light up with people saying, hey, our Surface Hub arrives because Mostly because these things are coming like huge crates, especially the 84 inch. I think the 84 inch is like 300 pounds or something crazy like that. They come in these massive crates. So I'm waiting to see if anybody has a Surface Hub on hand or if they've gotten any word about when they're going to arrive or anything. They originally said end of January and they said nope. Uh, and then they delayed them again. Then they said Q1. So we are what, about six weeks, about halfway through Q1 still haven't really heard anything and to eric as he writes in the comments it's not for 20k yes they are oh they did raise the price too that's i think they're 22k actually now um i will argue and i'm not trying to be defensive of microsoft that actually is a pretty good value when you look at what companies spend for a um, conference room um, a 10 to 12 person conference room they're spending upwards, of, and trust me, there's facts to back this up. You can go look. HP has it. Microsoft has, has it around 100000 um, bucks. When you look at all the technology, manpower, it's crazy. I thought it was a made-up number, but there, there's several reports that justify the $100,000 barrier. So 22000 bucks for an all-in-one kind of machine isn't too crazy. But anywho, let me know if you've got one, or if you have one shipped, or if Microsoft has said, hey... This is when you can expect your $20,000 investment to arrive because some people actually paid, I would assume they paid or put some sort of deposit down back in July. So you're looking at like eight, nine month lead time for this sort of thing. Cool, cool, let me know. All right, so this was a pretty big point of contention this week and it's about dogs. Microsoft released an app um, for iOS called Fetch, and they also created a website, it's called like Dog Watch or whatever. So what this is, and it's actually a really cool kind of machine learning uh, process. So what this is, is you can take a picture of a dog, upload it, and they have, I'm assuming hundreds of thousands, potentially millions of images of dogs, and they can identify the breed of species and tell you what it is. It's kind of useless, but I mean, you can see, hey, maybe you're walking down the street and you're like, hey, what kind of dog is that? And you take a creepy shot of some person walking a dog because God forbid you actually go up and talk to another human and ask them what type of breed of dog they have. You can now take a picture of it and Microsoft will tell you to a reasonable degree of accuracy what it is. And so that wasn't the problem, right? I mean, it's great. Microsoft touts their machine learning and if you look kind of lift under the veil of what this is this is actually really an advertisement for their machine learning capabilities uh, it's pretty cool I like it they've done similar things but what the big problem was is they only released an iOS app now we've already talked to death 
to the death of what Windows Phone is and the lack of apps and all that. They didn't even release a uh, Windows 10 app, which really odd. But here's my problem with this. Not that they only put out an iOS app. Microsoft is pushing this thing called Islandwood. We've talked about Islandwood plenty of times. Why aren't they using Islandwood for their own freaking apps? Hey, why not use that? Say, hey, look, we built a native iOS app, then we used Islandwood, and here it is. Like, what? this doesn't seem... Like, this is what frustrates me about Microsoft. They have all the technology to showcase their processes, to showcase everything, but they don't use it in a conducive way that actually makes sense. You built an iOS, put it through Islandwood, kick it out on Windows 10. Even if you're not doing the Windows mobile app, just do it on Windows 10 desktop. Who cares? It's another app for your store, but no, they don't do it. I don't under I, I don't understand that process, that mentality of why, why they were doing that. Because here's why. They were earlier in the week, um, an independent developer ported an iOS game called Cannonball, I believe, to from iOS to Windows 10 in five minutes. Five minutes. Five minutes. They they streamed it. There's a video of this. Five minutes. Microsoft couldn't take the time. Now, granted, that type of a game is a little bit more simpler than some of the other um, features that you would use in iOS, and not everybody's going to be able to take their app and port it in five minutes, but it shows that for a basic concept, it's very quick. Microsoft has some of the best engineers in the world, especially working in the garage app area where it's just kind of like this crazy mindset of ideas and whatnot. Just spend the time and promote your own freaking app store, which is to be honest, not doing so well. They, they promoted this 3 billion minutes, but um, I have from insider information that says a lot of people are looking at the apps, but not that many people are downloading or buying based on the view rate. So yes, a lot of people are opening the store, but they're getting there and they're just like, eh, like, eh, like whatever. Um, Eric points out again, he says, Brad, there is a beta coming. <laughs> Great, but it's... By that time, these things, let me explain how this dog thing works. This dog app is not going to be like the next Facebook, right? It's going to it's gonna arc very, very quickly, and it's going to come back down. And by the time this beta app arrives, I guarantee that for the most part, um, it like the coolness is already going to be gone, right? You can already go to the website. You can already go to the iOS app. It's going to be the meme or whatever you want to call it is going to be over. And so it's, I guess, better late than never, but... Why not just launch when it's ready? Why not just wait? It's not like there was some, like, it's not like Apple was going to beat them to this dog identifying app. So, yeah. Anyways, um, something that happened last week that I really want to hit on, just because I was off, or actually I was in New York, um, screwing around with Paul, was Microsoft bought SwiftKey. And so SwiftKey, if you're not familiar, it's a third-party app. Uh, or th sorry, third-party keyboard that plugs into iOS and it makes it easier to type and all this good stuff. And so I wrote up a post because some people hadn't quite figured out why would Microsoft buy a keyboard app? It's because they want to own everything but the hardware and OS, right? Windows Phone isn't doing so great. So let's just grab an iPhone here. They want to own everything but the OS and hardware. So granted, because they can't, because they, they're personal their own platform isn't doing so hot the next best thing is when you turn use your iphone you're using outlook for um, email you're using all the productivity apps that are on there the only thing that's missing 
which is odd, is Microsoft doesn't have a browser. That's the the kind of missing piece. They own the keyboard. They own the best. They own the best keyboard. They own the or they they used to own the best calendar app. They rolled it into Outlook, which Microsoft please separate it back out. I liked Sunrise as its own email calendar. Um, I don't like it in the email app. That's just a personal thing. But they own the calendar. They own the email. They own the keyboard. They own all this great stuff. And that's really their mobile play is to make sure that Microsoft is still present even on other platforms. And it's I think it's a viable strategy. The only question I have about it is how they're going to turn revenue with it, potentially through Office 365, maybe through OneDrive. Um, that's kind of like the big unknown is how they're going to learn to make money from these other vendors rather than just using them as marketing. But that is what they were doing in that space. So just kind of keep that in mind. That's why they bought SwiftKey. And something I am very excited about. Uh, this is Xbox news. Rocket League. Rocket League. I was a big soccer player back in the day. I still like to play on occasion. Rocket League is coming to the Xbox One. If you play Rocket League on Xbox One, I will probably be playing with you. Um, I would play it on my PC, but as we learned already, I don't have a gaming PC because I buy power kind of screwed up. And so I can't play Rocket League and I've been wanting to play this game for a very long time. I tried to play it on Surf Pro 4, it's just not worth it. If I had my gaming PC, I could play by now. But on the 17th of February, Rocket League coming to the Xbox One. That's gonna be fun. A couple other things, um, Build. Build is coming up. Build is in about, what, six, six seven weeks or so? Uh, I'm going to be there. Paul is going to be there. I know Mary Jo is going to be there. I talked with her. Everybody's going to be there. Um, all your tech favorites are going to be there. So if you are going to be a build, uh, let me know. Love to meet up. Love to love to talk with readers and podcast listeners. It always makes for uh, good feedback. So please let me know if you're going to go there. And one of the questions we've been getting a lot, uh, Paul and I, is so they're not giving away hardware at build. What are they going to do at build? So... I have a couple thoughts on this. I'm not so perturbed about the hardware stuff. That doesn't make sense. You shouldn't be going to build for a free laptop or a phone. That doesn't make sense. What I honestly think they might do is I think they're gonna do potentially Azure credits. That seems to make the most sense, right? They give away Azure credits. This is a developer community. Get them into your cloud, give them that. I think that would make the most sense for Microsoft to do as a giveaway build. That's just my personal opinion. Speaking of Azure, um, Another price reduction has occurred. Now, this isn't on their typical VM stuff, but there's been a price reduction for the Azure Media Indexer. If you know what that is, I, I know what it is vaguely, uh, but it's used by media broadcast companies and lots of you search for imagery and all sorts of crazy things. Um, they're reducing the price to about $3 an hour for the first 20,000 minutes or about five seconds, point, five cents per content minute. So if that pertains to you, then um, yeah, you should be saving some a little dinero on that. And they also clarified how the pricing structure breaks down for that Azure Meteor indexer. But yeah, that's what's going on. So got to be careful about how I talk about this next one, because um, I know quite a bit of information about some Microsoft stuff, but I'm not quite ready to share it yet. So we're, the Surface Phone idea keeps coming up. Let me just put it this way. What if Microsoft didn't build the Surface Phone? And I don't mean like they didn't build it as in the product never existed, but I mean, what if Microsoft didn't build it and somebody else did? 
think about that for a little bit. Um, people keep saying that Windows Phone is dead. I, I don't think that Windows Phone is dead. Um, but I think their strategy is going to change significantly. And it's going to be a little bit different, I think. I'm trying to piece together like seven different things I've been told over the past two, three months. I think it's going to be quite a bit different than what we see today. I don't think Microsoft's going to completely exit the marketplace. Actually, I'm pretty confident they're not going to exit the marketplace, but we might see some new people coming into the space and some other people exiting the space or reducing their hardware. Um, so, so keep that in mind. I would encourage you not to give up on Windows Phone. Um, and I think we're going to have a couple interesting months ahead of us. I think I'll have a lot more to say here very soon, but we shall see what's going to happen. And that's really all I want to say about it because I don't like to I don't like to put out information that I'm not really confident on. Even on the podcast, I know I say, hey, I kind of hedge even more so than I do in writing. But there's Microsoft's got some goofy stuff going on. And I think they, you know, I think Nadella has a really good head on his shoulders. And obviously it does not make sense. Let me try to explain. It doesn't make sense to support a business line that is perpetually losing money if you cannot see a way to eventually make money. Now, let me explain. Xbox is a perfect example. When the Xbox One launches, it's generally in the negative. They're losing money on the hardware, but they know that through game sales, through sales of like the Elite controller here, they will eventually make money. So they need to be on that sort of path with Windows Phone. And I think they might have found a better route so we will see here. We will see what's going to happen. Bing was the same way, right? Bing lost money for quite a while, and now Bing is turning a profit. So I think Nadella um, has a good head on his shoulders. I think he might have a good strategy, and I think Microsoft might be on a better path. I would not say that Windows Phone is dead. I would say that it's in a very tough spot. Because it's in a tough spot, anything is possible, right? What does Microsoft have to lose at this point? Nothing. They have 1% of the market share, if that. So it's time to start thinking outside the box about how they can drive um, sales of hardware. And so let's just see what happens. All right, guys? So I don't want to run this any longer. That's been about 30 minutes or so. I thank you guys for listening. Next week should be exciting. Well, actually... Next week may not be so exciting. I think we got a little bit longer to wait than that. Uh, but next week should be good, hopefully, hopefully for the Surface. I'm hoping, I'm optimistic that we will hear that. I'm hoping we get a new build of Windows 10. Nothing this week. I was actually hoping we would get one yesterday, but it did not materialize. Oh, spe speaking of Windows 10 internal builds, um, actually, I'm pretty sure I know why we may not be getting a build last week. There was a serious bug with the Mail app that you could not... I believe it was you could not send email. And that may have been why they might not have pushed it. So it's kind of one of those things of you need to be careful about these builds. And I think that was a pretty show-stopping bug for the company. And that's why we may not have gotten the build. Because Gabe had been pretty well good at dumping a build every single week. And so nothing yet. Today is obviously not over. So it could happen today. But I don't have any information about when one of those is going to build. It's such a fly-by-night thing for them. They look at the telemetry in the morning and say, boom, poosh, and then they hit it. And as Greg says, yes, I hopefully have my new computer by then because it will be more fun 
and I will not have to listen to this draining. Like it, it sounds like a spitting cobra uh, behind uh, the microphone. The microphone is blocked by the monitors and the Surface Pro 4 is in the very corner. So hopefully I do have it by then. But I thank all of you for listening. Today is February 12th and this has been another episode of the Sam's Report.